Welcome to the Wonder Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Francis Tapon. In this episode, I interview Pamela Morgan. She is the person who wrote the book called Crypto Inheritance Planning, A Simple Guide to Owners. You know, we're all obviously going to die, but crypto is a strange asset in the sense that you can self-custody it. So as a result, you can really take the secret of where your crypto is and how much you have with you to the grave. It's very different than other assets, which are far more accessible after you die. So it's quite nuanced and complicated. In this podcast, I ask her about how to write a basic access plan. What gives you access to your heirs in just a couple of hours? These are complicated topics, but I hope they're useful because you know what? You're going to die and you better have a plan on what if you even have a little bit of crypto, how are your heirs going to get it? And now, Pamela Morgan. This is my book, Crypto Asset Inheritance Planning, A Simple Guide for Owners. Uh, And I wrote this because uh, I was meeting tons of people all around the world who were very interested in inheritance planning, but really had no idea of how to go about it. So this book is written for the average crypto owner. You don't have to have technical expertise. You don't have to be a crypto guru, although you can. Uh, And there are many people throughout the industry who have read it and use it to apply basic inheritance planning principles to cryptocurrency. I also have free resources on my website as well as I've done a video workshop that's available that I'll send you the link to later and you can provide it in the description. Excellent. So let's take one step back Mm -hmm. first and then just talk about how crypto assets are different than other assets. So for example, I die next week. And when I die, I have a bank account, I have a home, and I have stocks. All those things, everybody knows how those things are inherited. You know, I have a will somewhere and, it, and, and there's a procedure. You show it to the bank. You know, I'm, I'm the legal inheritor and then the bank transfers the assets to the new owner. Yes. You know, the son, the daughter, the wife, the spouse. How are crypto assets different with this whole idea of self-custody? Well, crypto assets present a, a novel um, wrinkle in the inheritance planning fabric because... Uh, of the self-custody piece. So like you talked about a second ago, if you have a house, well, how is a home titled? How do we know who owns that home? Well, in most counties, certainly in the United States and in most developed uh, nations around the world, there's a register of deeds. And so you would go to the county where that property is located and you would look up who the owner is. And then there's a process, as you rightly said, for how we transfer those assets from one person to another. The blockchain, for example, is kind of like the digital equivalent of that deeds. In other words, this is who owns what. Yes. But of course, there's no identity tied necessarily, uh, a a legal identity like your name. Pamela Morgan owns this. Exactly. Because crypto assets are synonymous. Yes, yes, exactly. So this is, uh, as a side note, this is one of the reasons why people are very interested in um, applying blockchain technology to land registry. So in the future, it's very likely that this will be part of inheritance planning in the future. Right now, we're seeing this in pockets throughout the world, very small um, kind of test, test areas, if you will. But eventually, 
Um, many of us in the industry see governments adopting blockchain technology as a way to replace the traditional paper um, route, if for no other reason than if you've ever been in one of these buildings where you have to look through the register of deeds, usually it's in like a basement somewhere with smelly books and you have to like pull these giant volumes out and you're like going line by line and there's no search function and it's just a disaster. And also it's it's a process that's fraught with errors. So if someone goes there and they're, you know, searching through these books and they don't find what they're looking for, they may wrongly say, oh, you don't actually own this property, right? So the idea is with the blockchain, eventually um, we will have a, a digital record and a way to search and a way for definitive ownership to be known by people other than people who are scouring through these books. So this is something that will happen in inheritance planning, but for right now, not, um, so to go back to the question about, for example, how is this different than stocks? So your stock, you, the, your stock portfolio is generally held by a custodian, right? And so I usually like to think about your stock portfolio being the equivalent to your exchange account, your crypto exchange account. So if you use Kraken or Gemini or whatever other exchange that you use, that's in, in, in broad terms, that's similar to your brokerage account. So let's, let's ask the question, right? How does my family know if I have a brokerage account? How does my family know if I have a crypto exchange account? Well, there's a couple ways. One, you told them. Two, there's a paper trail, right? The, your, your brokerage is sending paper statements. Most of us have opted out of that for now. So then the question is, can you look through someone's bank records, right? Their traditional bank records and see transfers from this bank to Kraken, this bank to Gemini. And so that's often how people find out about it with the same as your stockbrokers, right? If you're transferring money from one place to your Ameritrade account or whatever account you have, your family members would be able to hopefully find that out through your banking statements. If let's say somebody has a cold card or a ledger, a hardware wallet, mm -hmm. and they haven't told anything about it, it's the equivalent of let's say I have a bag of gold and I, and I go to the Mojave Desert and I bury it on a GPS location. And it's my bag of gold, I've buried it. But if I haven't told anybody where that bag of gold is, when I die, it's gone. At the same time, yes. if I tell in my will if I write in my will, the bag of gold is in these GPS location, well then suddenly whoever has access to that will then knows exactly. <laughs> that there's a bag of gold exactly. in the Mojave Desert. And so all of a sudden it, it's an issue of trust at some point. And that's what's racking my brain, Pamela, is how you know one of the big bragging rights of crypto is like it's trustless, it's trustless, it's unconfiscatable and all this other stuff. but. At the end, I feel like when it comes to inheritance, I have to trust somebody. Is there any way out of this? Great questions. Um, and, and you really bring up the, the biggest issue that I see in, in planning and in security in general, which is the illusion that there is 100% safety and security and trustless in anything is exactly that, an illusion. So what we do in, in at least what I do is I actually have in my book a number of categories. And so you categorize risks. 
So what security is really about and what inheritance planning is really about is understanding your own risk profile and then mitigating those risks the best that you can, right? Minimizing those risks. So there are some people who, to go back to your Mojave Desert um, example, like, okay, so if someone goes and they bury their gold there, most people aren't that good at keeping secrets. And so they tell their family, ooh, I have gold. And then what happens when you pass is your family becomes obsessed about life-changing money, and they spend tons of time, tons of energy, and they become bait for scammers who say, oh, I can help you do that for the small fee of you know X thousand dollars. And all of a sudden, them wanting and understanding that there's this, you know, riches out there, but not really knowing what it is, then puts them at a disadvantage and opens them up to scammers, people who take advantage of them, et cetera. That's the, uh, that's the right. unfortunate so, side. To extend the analogy, mm-hmm. let's extend the analogy that let's say I say, I, you know, my brother died and, but I know there's, I know he had a lot of exactly. gold. He told me he had a lot of gold. Yep. And so, uh, but then I don't know how to look for it. So then I hire some private investigator who says, I'll look for it. And then he's very clever. He's got a great metal detector. He goes to Mojave Desert. He actually finds it. But then he tells me, well, I searched for two weeks. Here's the bill. I didn't find anything. Sorry. And of course, I'll have never I'll never know that he actually did find the pot. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. The other thing is, you know, do you start then tearing apart the house and the walls and now you can't sell the house because you think the gold is in the walls? And, you know, do you like where does this end? And to you know, we're talking about this and, you know, in abstract terms, but I can give you an example. So Matthew Mellon. Um, was a uh, the Mellon Fortune? Yeah, you you've heard of him. Many of us in crypto have heard of him. Where you know he was an heir to a fortune. He um, through lots and lots of life choices ended up becoming poor in terms of you know being super wealthy. And then he ended up taking some money, putting it into Ripple very early on, and then he ended up passing unexpectedly. And there was, last I saw, there was somewhere in the neighborhood, and my numbers might be off, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 5 million, 10 million, something like that, millions of dollars that he had put. So he didn't trust anyone, right? We go back to this idea of he didn't want anyone to steal it. So he took his private keys and he cut them up and he put them in bank vaults around the world under fictitious names. And so his family is complete, like, there's no way they're going to get this money. It, it, it's gone. It's it's just, and the most annoying thing is they knew he had it. So you've got this, you know, kind of life-changing money. And I might have been really off, like, by a whole zero. It might have been more like 500 million. Uh, I just got a, a report uh, from December 2021. It says, that it was worth almost $200 million. Oh, wow. Okay. So great. Real t- real-time info here. Yes. I love it. Um, so right. the, the problem with this, again, is that the family knows it's out there and they have an incentive to try- $200 million. Right? I like this. Honestly, when we get to these numbers, my brain kind of explodes. I'm like, I don't even know what to do with that kind of money. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure I'm right. sure some he was, by the way, under drug rehab, I believe. Yeah. And that's he was in Mexico under drug rehab. 
and uh, he died mysteriously, as you said. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, so, so let's get into like, how do you create a basic access plan in two or three hours? Just give us a real quick overview. Of, well, uh, obviously you break it down a lot more in your book, yes. but just give us a quick overview. So you can actually do it in less than two to three hours, I think, because what you want to do is do this in stages. So what I found over many years of planning is that people want to plan. They know they need to plan. But the idea of sitting down and creating this comprehensive plan is paralyzing because it's like, oh, gosh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend my day doing this. So you can, in the next 30 minutes, do something tangible that will make a difference for your family. And here's what you do. You take out a piece of paper. Yes, I said paper. Don't go on your computer. Just use plain old regular paper, okay? And just write out a couple of things. Very simple. One, I own crypto assets. Write down what you own. Don't put the amounts. Okay, I own Bitcoin. I own Ether. I own Litecoin. I own Polkadot. Whatever it is, okay? Just write down the very simple things and then write down how you access them. And I don't mean write down your passwords. I mean, I use Kraken. I use Gemini. I use a cold card. I use a Trezor, right? At least get those basics down. And then from that, you can build. As you have more time, you can build a more comprehensive plan. But the idea is, and, and then the other thing, so there's three things. One, your assets. Two, how you access them. And number three is who can help your family access these things? Because the reality is that your family is going to be grieving. They are not in a mental state to start digging through crypto assets. I know you love them. I love them too. I, I'm like, oh, let's talk about Bitcoin. Let's access crypto keys. I promise you when, when your family is grieving you, they are not nerding out about your crypto. And that ends this episode of the Wander Learn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about, go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F Tapon. That's my first initial and my last name. F Tapon is always my social media username. My website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the Wander Learn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it four, review it, and five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tabon encouraging you to wander and learn. Mm-hmm.